Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number six of the Reluctant Vegan Sun. This is a really special episode. I'm coming to you with the two people who I've been on the farm with, besides my sister, of course, for the last two weeks and a half. I am here with Lee Crizo, head of Vessel Entertainment and Rio's partner. Very important. He wanted to add Rio's partner in there. Okay. Uh, and I'm, 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 I'm covering myself. You're covering yourself. Okay. Megan should add that in there. And I'm also here with Rio, uh, who their garden's named after, I know. When we looked you up, it was Rio's garden. Rio's garden. Yeah. Do you have any news and goods? That's what I like to start with on the podcast. So do you have any news and goods? News and goods. Yeah, so something new and good that's going on in your life right now. Yes, I do. I heard that 15 jazz stations are picking up my record. Yeah. Blue Moods. That's awesome. You want to yeah. talk more about your jazz records, or we can get into that later. But We can get it too late. We can get into that later. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. No uh, radio stations picked up my song. <laughs> Did you send them to anybody? No. Well, you got to send them first. <laughs> I sang <laughs> I mean, it in the shower. That's, that's kind of, you know, I thought somebody essential. was recording while I was in the shower. Sounded pretty good to myself. Mm-hmm. My sister told me I was awful. I mean, she didn't hear me when I was in the shower. She was saying that after. No, <laughs> I tried you, you can't it. listen to other people. You have to listen to yourself. Because in school, the head of the music department told me, don't ever sing. What? Yes, okay. that happened to me. And I didn't sing for four years after that until wow. I met somebody in New York. I, I came to New York, and I met somebody who was the head of a Latin... Not the head. He was working for a Latin band. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, was, he kind of was coming on to me and stuff. So, um, so one day he said... big line. <laughs> so one day, actually it was a good line. Well, what was the line? I don't know. <laughs> well, he said, he said to me, um, do you sing? And I was convinced that I couldn't sing from that stupid teacher. Mm-hmm. So I Asshole said, oh teacher. no, I can't, I can't sing. And he said to me, no, he said, you can sing. And I said, how do you know? And he says, I hear it in your speaking voice. Mm. And so that was, that was the turning point because so. he gave it back to me. Something that the teacher took away, he gave back to me, my yeah. confidence. That's the most important thing, the confidence. Right. When somebody takes that away, it's so hard to bring back. I know. So Teachers are so important in children's lives. Yep. They just don't realize it. Mm-hmm. You know, to say something stupid like that. And you know what? Maybe I was terrible. It's possible. Right. <laughs> but who cares? You yeah. don't tell that to a child. You mean, encourage a child. Of course. The, the funny thing is, um, Rio and I didn't go to the same schools, but we had the same teacher. Really? Not yeah. the music teacher. No, no. This was this was this another. This is a different. This teacher. was another idiot. <laughs> <laughs> another idiot. Another, another idiot. Yes. It's amazing how. And many he told he, he gave Rio a message. He told her that she was a C student. And his other job at the school I went to, he was the boys' vice principal, which means uh, if you did something bad or they caught you doing something bad, you go to his office and he'd swat you with a tennis shoe. Oh, God, you can't do that he anymore. he swat you with a tennis shoe? Yeah, really? well, well, I never did anything wrong that I got caught for. So, really? So he didn't swat me with a I was about shoe. to say, I thought you guys were best friends. 
No? No. <laughs> oh, wow. You can't do that nowadays. If somebody tried to swat kids with the tennis shoes, they're getting reported immediately. There's no way you could do that in oh, 2020. Oh, well, you missed the good old days. Good old days where you could uh, chastise uh, students. It's one form of discipline. Lee, do you have a new idea? Yeah, uh, a real song got picked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, with, his, with your music on it. Yeah, I, uh, something good. I got a bumper sticker I ordered, a custom one that says mask-free zone. <laughs> inside the car, outside the yeah, car, everywhere. Inside the car is my mask-free zone. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, there are people wearing masks inside their own cars. Doesn't make any sense. Why? <laughs> yeah. Makes you, no sense at all. If you invite other people in the car, aren't you just... There's no point in the mask anyways at that point. So. There's no point in the mask at all, in my yeah. opinion. Mm -hmm. Because... Do you want to know why because? Yeah, why because? We, why? Don't, want, we don't want to have you arrested. <laughs> Be arrested. Well, you know, the mainstream media is promoting um, one message, all of them. Mm -hmm. ABC, NBC, CBS, MNBC, MSNBC, <laughs> CNN, all the mainstream media. Turn any one of them on and it's all the same message. And mm -hmm. any different message does not get through. But there are numerous scientists, virologists, uh, uh, immunologists, doctors who are saying that the way to build your immune system is to be exposed to bacteria, microorganisms, and viruses. That's the way, for example, a child comes out of the mother's womb, and how does the baby build its immune system? by being exposed. It crawls on the floor, puts stuff in its mouth, you know. It starts building its immune system. Yeah. And that's how you build it. Now, when you lock down people for four months and keep them in their homes, like, for example, the wonderful guitarist on my record, he's been locked up in his home for four months. Yeah, that's he, an when insane he gets case. out, When he gets out of his home, he's going to be more vulnerable to viruses and bacteria because he hasn't been exposed to them. Yeah, it's I, like being in a bubble. Does that mean I should uh, I shouldn't hire him or I should quarantine myself after I hire him to play on a session? Just I, let him go by himself. <laughs> Write him in. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting ready to send him a few links with a few different ideas to try to break through. I have a question about that, though. Yes. A lot of people who are for the mass and are really worried about this, it's not for themselves. It's about possibly living with people with immunodeficiency disorders and people who are at a higher risk if they contract the virus. And they're worried that if they go out, and yes, their immune system might be fine, but they might contract some form of the virus. And then when they get back, they're living with somebody that has an immune, a compromised immune system. So the best thing to do, in my opinion, again, is if you're, you're living... You're going to get us in trouble. <laughs> yeah, I know it. You're going to get if, us in trouble. If you're living with someone like that or going to visit someone like that, mm -hmm. well, first of all, if you're living with someone like that, it's time for education, isn't it? Why are they immune compromised in the first place? Are they eating junk food every day of their lives? Or are they eating nature's food? Are they taking vitamin C? Are they taking zinc and minerals, vitamin D? Are they getting out in the sun? You know, it's time for immune-compromised people to try to find 
the health that their body seeks. So you believe that people can kind of shift their yes, you know, they can. efficiencies? Exactly, they can. I've seen it. I've seen it in the raw. Uh, when I was writing my book 20 years ago, I went to a lot of the raw and living food institutes. Mm -hmm. And in those institutes, when people went on nature's food, and I'll define nature's food, it's the food that every other creature on this planet eats. Mm -hmm. except humans and their domesticated animals. So the food that every other creature eats is raw mm -hmm. and living food. Yeah. Only humans cook their food and destroy their food and process their food. Now, when you go to these institutes mm -hmm. and immune-compromised people come in and they start eating this food, mm -hmm. they start getting well. I've okay. seen it with my own eyes. Lee has seen it. We've both seen it. Why don't you talk about, the, I believe, was it Dr. Kirshner? Oh, well, Dr. Who's Dr. Kirshner? Well, Dr. Kirshner, when I was writing my book, I was, you know, um, I was researching a lot of different yeah. things. And Dr. Kirshner was an old-time doctor. Um, I, forgot the, I forgot the book that he wrote, but he wrote a book. He was a medical doctor, an allopathic medical doctor. Mm -hmm. But when he retired from um, medicine, he started gardening, and that's when he discovered these wild herbs. Mm -hmm. And um, so he, since he had contacts with the hospital that he formerly worked at, he was able to get a ward of people that were, um, that, that they were bedridden, mm -hmm. and they were basically just, you know, vegetables. vegetables. They were bedridden. And when he discovered these herbs, he created um, what he called Dr. Kirshner's drink, which was pineapple juice, and then he would blend these wild herbs into the pineapple juice. Then he would put some almonds and some kelp, and what else did he put, Lee? Was it? Was some kind of nuts? I think maybe sunflower seeds, but yeah. I, I, I have to look at my own book because, you know, <laughs> I, I, I got the recipe there. Well, there were green, greens in it for sure. But, well, the wild greens. Yeah. The How wild does it taste? Green. It tastes good because it really? was in pineapple juice. Okay. So he got permission from the hospital that he had worked at to go <laughs> into this ward, and once a day he gave them this drink. Mm -hmm. And guess what happened? What People started waking up. Got People better. started waking up. Wait, if they were asleep, they they weren't asleep. asleep. They, they were asleep, asleep consciously. They yes, they were they were basically you know yeah not alive. Mm -hmm. They weren't enjoying life. They were shells. Yes. Okay. So they started waking up. That's really awesome. They were immune compromised people. But yes, so immune compromised people can get better, but nobody is talking about it. And you'll notice. <laughs> that on the mainstream media also, they do not talk about vitamin C, vitamin D, minerals, zinc. They don't talk about any of this stuff. Partially that is because of the whole medical system. I don't know yes, that is enough true. about the whole medical system. That is true. But that is true. I know enough that it's terrible and it's for profit and basically it's not interested in getting you better, it's interested in keeping you sick. Yes, it's uh, it's interested in managing your disease, yeah. not curing your disease. Mm -hmm.
It's all big pharma cares about. And also in the mainstream media, every other commercial is a drug. <clears throat> yeah. And who promotes drugs? The allopaths. And the allopaths paths are the Western medical system. Wait, the allopaths? I thought you meant the allopaths <clears throat> were uh, more the less medical, like the herbal. No, no, thing. no. The allopaths are the medical. Okay. Yeah. Allopathic medicine is Western medicine. Wait, so Dr. Kirshner left allopathic medicine. He, he was in allopathic medicine. Yeah. And then when he retired, that's when he discovered these wild God. herbs. Malva, Malva, Fillory, Lamb's Quarter, all kinds of wild herbs. And he started studying them. And mm -hmm. that's when he decided to do that, created wow. that drink. But there definitely are some people who are immunocompromised and they possibly do eat healthy and they still have immunodeficiency, maybe take vitamins. There are definitely people who do have just an innate immunocompromisation? I don't think so. You don't think so? No, because the body wants to be healthy. The body goes towards that. And if you just give it a little help, a little boost, you know, take out the crap. Even just taking out the crap, mm -hmm. you get all kinds of wonderful things happening. Yeah, and then if you put in some raw and living food and juices, fresh juices, oh my God. But if you are compromised and you're going to stay that way for whatever reason, then quarantine yourself. That's what you should do. That's what the quarantine should be for. People who are compromised and uh, are afraid of getting anything. Yeah, but the people who are afraid of anything might have family members who, are go who they live with who are going out and meeting people who might have the disease. Well, that's why they're telling people if you if somebody is compromised yeah. to quarantine yourself. I mean, I'm not against somebody quarantining themselves if they have a reason to do it. But if I'm well, don't mm -hmm. quarantine me. Uh, yes, if I have somebody in my house, let's say that is compromised, I'm going to be careful. Mm -hmm. And even though I don't believe in the let's say the mask per se, but uh, but if it was, if, even if it helped a little bit, and I was in that situation, yes. But otherwise... It doesn't help, though. Lee. Yeah. Well, actually, you brought up a good Viruses point Viruses are very little, minute particles, right? Viruses. Mm -hmm. They're not even alive. Well, see, They're not even alive. They're yeah. dead. Yeah. They're, They're dead. dead. Aren't they Viruses virus? are dead. No. Huh. Viruses are dead. The only time that they become alive is when they <laughs> penetrate into a cell, okay. and then they use the cellular mechanism. To replicate, but viruses are dead. So, um, if you, if if any of your audience wants to do a test, here's a test. You get um, you get an essential oil spray, okay, and you put on a mask, mm -hmm. and you spray the room that you're in. You don't have to spray yourself; just spray the room you're in with the essential oil. And if in a couple of minutes you start smelling that essential oil, that you can be damn sure that the virus is getting into your, through your mask too. Because the virus particle is much smaller than an essential oil particle. Okay. It's a good test. It's a good test. Definitely a good test. Yeah. So, to keep going on news and goods, my new and good for right now, I really like that fig tree that I planted in the garden. Oh, you do? It's a cute little tree. It's it going to grow in the next year to be taller than me. I'm probably going to post a picture of me next to it now. And if I ever do see the tree again, me with the tree in a year or so, and it's going to be... 
way it's higher like, than it's nine. It's like, what? what is it, like three inches? Three inch, yeah, <laughs> three inches, little baby tree. I didn't realize trees, I've never seen a tree so small before. Right. Never in my life. You see trees, I mean, and that's good and bad. No, it's good to see the small trees, but I want trees to be old and the forest to be full of huge towering trees too, so I'm glad to have that image. Right. The image I don't like is the stumps. If they chop down trees for no reason other than money or, yeah, that's about it. That's the only, that's a really bad reason to have trees. When I've heard of people starting wildfires to have an excuse or something to cut down trees. Is that true? Or I, I, I don't know. know. I hope not. I, I saw something that true. the wildfires, something happened with wildfires mm -hmm. in the forest and they might have been set by humans. Really? Yeah. yeah. There's been some times. But... So you were saying you wrote your book, Hooked on Raw, mm -hmm. book you're talking about. Yes. It's an excellent book. It's really fascinating. Has a lot of a, a lot of theory about veganism and also has tons of recipes and 100% are raw. Yes. I mean, you're not entirely vegan. You do eat. Well, um, not 100% raw because it has wild rice in it. Okay. Wild rice is not raw when you buy it. It's parched. It's parched. But I don't cook it further. Yeah. Do I you, just soak it. You sprout it? I soak it and it will not sprout because it it's parched. Okay. Yeah. And when did you start becoming raw entirely? Well, there was a time in my life that was a low point mm -hmm. where um, Lee and I had invested in this. Um, we had rented this. Well, actually, when we came to New York, we rented a building because nobody would rent to us as musicians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they were afraid. Help out your musicians. <laughs> yes. Artists need help, and they provide so much joy for the community. Yes. They're so awesome. And so uh, nobody would rent to us. We, we were in a loft, but we were just temporary, like three mm -hmm. months or something. So um, I was walking down the street one day, and I saw a sign that said, Building for Rent. And I came back and I said, Lee, I saw a building for rent. Maybe we could rent the building and then rent out the other floors and nobody yeah. can tell us anything, you know, mm -hmm. about our music. So, That'd be um, a nice large then, studio space. Pardon? That'd be an amazing studio it was a deal. Oh, it, it was a deal that was too good to be true. 100%. Because the, the landlord burned it down. Oh, God. Yeah. After giving so. us a 30-year lease on it yes. uh, and insisted on carrying the fire insurance, he wanted us to pay for everything else. He would have given us a 100-year lease because he didn't think we would be there. He just wanted it to collect the renter's insurance mm -hmm. in there. Yeah. So, But our lawyer uh, you know, had put into the lease that if there had been a fire, we, we didn't think anything of it before, you know. Mm -hmm. But if there was a fire, it would be our option our op the tenant's option to rebuild with the insurance money. And we were just stupid enough to do that. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> we so did that. No, 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 no. The, but see, he was a criminal, but he wasn't a smart criminal. He had the building way underinsured. Yes. So there wasn't really very much in insurance. But for us, we, we, didn't, we know. didn't know. We didn't know. We were young and dumb at the time. Yeah, okay. So you wanted to rebuild. How large was this building? Five stories. Five stories. You were going to rebuild the entire thing? Well, no, uh, it it burned down to the what the fourth floor, uh, third from the third, uh, from the yeah, third the floor. The first up. and second floor, uh, it wasn't destroyed by the fire, but it was soaked. Everything you know, things mm -hmm. were ruined, and the third, fourth, and fifth floor, they were totally destroyed. Wow. So 
that's incredible. I couldn't imagine what I would do if I came back and I owned the entire building. Not just your apartment was destroyed in New York City. No, your entire building, which you somehow own. No, we didn't own them. No, well, you didn't own them. You rented them. Okay, you rented We had what they called a net lease, which, huh. which means that you pay everything on the building, the real estate taxes, okay. uh, if the roof falls in, if the sky falls in, you you take care of it as long as you're in the building. Okay. Have that lease. That's a lot of responsibility. Except the yeah, the only thing he insisted on carrying was the fire insurance. It should have raised a red flag. Yeah. But he was a nice looking little old man, and he thought and he says, "Oh, I want to protect you, kids, so I'll carry the fire insurance." Right. Yeah. Word of advice to anybody out there: if your landlord wants to carry the fire insurance, that is a red flag. Do not let him do that well it was for us but we didn't know it yeah so, I mean so but well, how we rebuilt the building after we ran through his money <laughs> which his money only put uh, what it put the put, basic floor down okay and, and the roof put the windows in and the roof the yeah. roof the windows back in and the basic floors and that was it that's it so then that's a lot of things left to do. It took us yes. eight years to rebuild it. Wow. Yeah, so so one day Lee had this great idea. He said, um, you know, there must be a lot of musicians out there who are carpenters. Mm -hmm. And we had a little recording studio. We had some good equipment. So um, he put an ad in the paper and we started getting musicians who were also um, carpenters. <laughs> and little by little, you know, we, we have to raise the money for the for the materials. For the materials, but at least we didn't have to pay for the, yeah. for the carpentry. But, get, but getting back to the, your uh, story. Oh, what was my story? <laughs> uh, well, you had something, you said, how did you get into work? Oh, 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 yeah. So so what happened when, when that building burned down? It can down, take many tangents. It's okay. Yeah. When, when that building burned down, I gained a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. I gained like, I went up to like 188 pounds. Oh, wow. I'm under five feet. So I was like two of me. <laughs> two of me and I had that weight on for four years so right. yeah that's that's when you started intermittent that's, well what happened was um, I you know I kept saying, saying to Lee you know I've got to get this weight off because also when that fire happened and I gained the weight we stopped performing mm -hmm. because I, I didn't feel comfortable performing with all that weight mm -hmm. on me so I kept complaining well, you would have rocked it though you would have been amazing. <laughs> I don't think so. No. You know, you have to you have to meet your own self-image. That's true. I wasn't meeting my own self-image. That's true. Of myself. So. I mean, but it, shouldn't your self-image, no matter what it is, be I am amazing and I can rock everything? That would be wonderful if it was if it worked like that for everybody. Mm -hmm. It would be wonderful, but would, it doesn't. Yeah. You know. It doesn't work like that for everyone. Mm -hmm. So I was complaining a lot. And yeah. then um, I would say, oh, I, 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 need, I need some, you know, I need some incentive, you know, to, to get this weight off. So one, one day Lee did the kindest thing anybody could do, really. Let's not get misty over this. <laughs> I get misty over it because it's... It was. It's okay. Getting misty is part of life. That's true. So, one day Lee comes home and he says, "In six weeks, we're going to perform at a club that we used to perform at." 
Okay. He got his book in, <laughs> and I had six weeks <laughs> oh, <laughs> to God. get it in shape. Yep. And I lost half the weight in six weeks wow. on fresh juices. Mm -hmm. I went on juice fast. For how long? So, For six weeks? Yes. That's incredible. So, so after that, that's when I decided to do raw food because it was so incredible, mm -hmm. the changes that I made in six weeks. When you juice fasted, how hard was that for you? It wasn't too hard because there was an institute up here, um, upstate New York. What's the name of that place? The New Age. The New Age. It wasn't that far from here. Actually, where we are here at the farm, uh, it, was only, it was only about a half hour away, 45 or 45 minutes, something uh, like that. For people who don't know, the farm is in between Eldridge and Highland Lake, <clears throat> I yes. think? Yes. Yeah. It's about two hours north of New York City or far? Northwest. Northwest, northwest of New York. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I would go up to that spa mm -hmm. and juice fast and exercise all day. It was, it was wow. great. That's awesome. So this must have been a shock to you, Lee, when she came home and it was like, yeah, I want to be raw. Yes, it was a shock to me. <laughs> I mean, I had uh, gone as far, you know, oh, when I when I met Rio, I was a, I was a meat and potatoes guy. Oh, I love meat and potatoes. So, what was your favorite thing to eat? <laughs> uh, uh, steak, uh, potato pancakes, vodka. Uh, yeah, and well, I'm a, sure and the rabbis loved you for that. Yeah, <laughs> and a thimble full of salad. A okay, that's a pretty small set. Yeah. So you have one yeah. lettuce, <laughs> a half a piece of yeah. lettuce. Yeah, a sprig of lettuce. A carrot shred. Rio changed all that. Uh, Rio changed. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, at first, we, um, I wasn't, uh, we, when, after uh, Rio and I got together, uh, for about six months, uh, Rio was you know, preparing me what I wanted to eat. Mm -hmm. But then I saw it really was pretty easy for me to go vegetarian. Or yeah. not, or not hundred percent strict vegetarian, more of a lacto vegetarian yeah. because I still did eat some dairy products. That's a start. So it was, uh, it was really pretty easy to make that transition until the day she said, "We're going raw." Oof. And in those days, uh, there weren't all the recipe books that there are today, and there wasn't such a big movement and and so many mm -hmm. people into it. And the recipe books that were around, I mean, had some pretty pretty awful recipes. I mean, they were really bland and, yeah. and not very tasty. So at the beginning, it was it was difficult for me mm -hmm. to make any kind of transition, even to be, you know, 40% raw or 30% okay. raw. Yeah, now you're main cook or co-main cooks in the house. Well, I do, I do what we call high, you know, high raw. Rio is the one who's the champ. She does about 95% raw. That's incredible. And I do high raw. Some, and uh, hey, I'm a human being. Sometimes, I, sometimes I do great. Sometimes I fall back a little bit. Yeah. But my body tells me when I'm falling back. That's okay. for sure. And I, so you you yeah. really notice the chef? Oh yeah. If I eat too much cooked fo food, I know it. Yeah. Cooked food. Cooked food. Yes, we're gonna take the foot. We're gonna cook it. Yeah. We're gonna eat it. Actually, that was. I say this all the time. My favorite food to eat. Our favorite food as a family to eat before we were vegan, where my family was vegan, and I guess now I am too. Strange, <clears throat> but we love chicken feet. Have really? you ever ate chicken feet? No, I've never done that. It's incredible. <laughs> we eat it. We used to eat it in Chinatown. It was my sister's favorite thing. No. I'm gonna wow. br bring this up on the podcast probably a hundred times. <laughs> try chicken feet. 
It is delicious. You, it doesn't sound amazing. I'm going to describe it, and you're going to say you don't want this ever. You suck the skin off the bone. I, and I appreciate chicken feet, too. Can I ask you a question, Adam? Yeah. Do you have a foot fetish? Uh, no. I do not have a foot fetish. I just like chicken feet. Not cow feet, pig hoof. Uh, oh, cows have hooves, too. <laughs> cow hoof, pig hoof, horse hoof, none of those other stuff. Though I did like marshmallows, which I heard do come from horse hooves, so... Or some kind of hooves. Yeah, some kind of hooves, so if you like marshmallows, Bones. you also have a foot fetish. <laughs> but it, it was really good, and I think there's something to be said about eating all parts of an animal. Like, I understand not everybody feels like they can go vegan, and I appreciate when people are resourceful and cook every part of an animal in their own way. Well, that was one of the things uh, about Native Americans, uh, yeah. although, you know, they were uh, you know, uh, meat eaters and, mm. uh, and uh, of course, they were the first to cultivate uh, different crops because when uh, the Europeans came over, they, they didn't know how to do it and the Indians taught them at that point here. Mm -hmm. But that's, that was one of the things. The Indian would use, Indians would use every part of the animals. Yeah. Us, you know, hey, we just uh, use what we want and throw the rest away. The West can't speak. The rest away. Mm -hmm. Or there are people who go. It's not like the old days. The Indians went hunting for survival. Today, you got guys like Eric Trump going hunting to to get the part of an elephant to bring home to oh say, hey, I'm macho. Yeah, it is terrible what they're doing to all the wild animals. The elephants. People have shaved the face off of elephants or head face. Yeah, I think it was still alive. Took the horns, shaved the face off. It's terrible. That's that's another. That has to stop. Yeah, we're really civilized, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, for some reason, we think just because we can kill all these animals, which we're the only people who kill animals we don't eat. I think for that matter too. Though animals might make a mistake every once in a while and accidentally kill something. But we hunt something for trophies as humans, and that's so messed up. And for fur. Mm -hmm. Well, I think fur originally is not as bad. I mean, people well, use it to make clothes. For maybe for the Indians. Yeah. You know, wouldn't you're saying American for, Indians? You're saying for like luxury items. It yes, yeah, luxury. No, yeah. Definitely not. But yeah, your book is amazing, though. How did you find? Did you read my book? I read some of it. Yeah. How did you figure out all of these recipes? Because when you started, we said there weren't many raw recipes. Well, because I figured that that it was going to be hard for me to live with somebody that wasn't raw because I mm -hmm. had already gone to all those institutes and I had seen people regenerate and from serious illness, from yeah. cancer, heart you disease. Explain about the apricot kernels or. Oh, yeah, I'll get into that, but okay. let me answer this question first. So, um, so I had already, you know, so my mission at that point was to get Lee to eat raw. So I was focused on that. Mm -hmm. I was absolutely... I was going to be hard to live with anyway, raw or not. <laughs> yes, you're hard to live with, it's true. So, um, so that was my mission, to get him to eat raw. And I, I wasn't above using tricks. Like if he called me up and said, I'm going to be late, you know, I said, oh, honey, I'll make dinner. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. nice <laughs> then, I would make, make dinner. then I would make a raw dinner. And what was he going to do, come in and start cooking? Or was he going to eat my raw dinner? He could come in and start cooking. He didn't. He ate the raw dinner. So, and I used other tricks. And, and, and if... Like if I saw that there was a speaker coming into town or, or some good speech, 
about mm-hmm. raw food. I'd send them over there. She dragged me everywhere. One time she sent me to this raw food uh, uh, food prep class. Mm-hmm. There was a guy, uh, <clears throat> pardon me, uh, Aris uh, Lafam. Yeah. He was one of the first uh, gourmet raw food chefs around. And uh, he was, you know, he was in New York, and he mm-hmm. traveled all around. And he was really great at making raw pies and, and other dishes. So Rio sent me to the class, and I you know, got the recipes because, I, you know, you paid to go to the class. You come back, you make the recipe, and it wouldn't be the same. Oh, Finally, I found out talking to somebody who was friends with him who said it'll never be the same because he always left ingredients out because he didn't want to give you the real recipe. <laughs> I, I, keep I them coming I, back. I don't believe in that. You know, people come to you, give them the real deal. <clears throat> of know? course. I mean, so if, I, if you don't give them the real deal, they sh- shouldn't come back. But, but, right, but they didn't back. know it. Yeah, but they something. Didn't know it. But actually, something good came out of it with Reese. Uh, there was a point where I was working in California. Rio was in New York, but I was doing work out uh, mm-hmm. in L.A. And uh, at that time, our son Sean, he was he was out there too. And he told me there was uh, one of the first raw restaurants had opened up. And apparently this guy who opened the restaurant had gotten the recipes from Reese. <laughs> uh, had, they had formed some kind of a, a partnership or, yeah. or Reese charging whatever, how much to do it. So I would see for over each recipe there would be a list of ingredients. And it would, and I, and I, I asked the guy because the, I could tell the ingredients from what I, all the ingredients weren't there. So I asked him, hey, I'd like to see if I could make this. Can you give me the real ingredients for it? And he said, no, he, he couldn't do that, but he gave me a good suggestion. He says, make the recipe the best you can and make it your own and try to figure it out. Well, that's what I did. Uh, some of the pâtés that I had there, I did my best to figure them out and I had gotten pretty close. And that's kind of where the start of the book came in because I got interested and I gave you some of those recipes that we, that we made and you started inventing recipes. Right. Yeah. So I started inventing recipes. <clears throat> One of the things that I would do is if a cooked food recipe had real food in it, then I could kind of convert that to raw. But if a cooked food recipe had white flour, white sugar, you know, shitty stuff. Yeah, then I couldn't convert of it because there's, there's no. You can't, can't do anything. Yeah, you can't do anything. So anyway, about four years later, four years into this, I already had a ton of recipes. Mm-hmm. And one day Lee comes to me and he says, "You know, you have all these great recipes now. Why don't you write a book?" <laughs> ding 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 ding. <laughs> Woo! I think I'll write a book. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the book came out. How the out. book came out. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And that's only after four years? Four years of, of you know, trying to get him into law. Okay. And uh, then it took me another four years to write the book because I felt that why are people going to make these changes? They have to understand some of the reasons. That's why the yeah. first, the beginning of the book is 130 pages of other information, you yep. know, to try to orient them as to why. And I had uh, 
I didn't have much success with that beginning part of the book because I had two publishers interested. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the publishers, one day, he had his editor call me. And the editor on the phone says, you know the beginning of the book? I says, yeah, the beginning. He says, yeah, the 130 pages. He says, do you think you could reduce that a little bit? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what, what do you mean, how, how little? He says, 20 pages. And I started laughing. I, I, I no, admit no, no. that I was very rude. He didn't want 120 pages, he wanted 20 pages. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's 110 pages. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I started laughing. I was very rude, but I couldn't help it because I had just spent four years researching everything, making sure, you know, checking, rechecking, making sure that what I was saying, I, I you know, and, and, and now he wanted to dump it, so I couldn't do that. And then the second publisher, the same thing happened. And then I thought, well, let me get a literary agent. Maybe they can shop this book for me. And the first thing the literary agent calls me up and she says, can you get rid of the beginning of the book? She just wanted the recipe book. Mm -hmm. And I said, I can't do that because this is not just any old food. This is food that's going to, things are going to happen mm -hmm. in, in somebody's body. Things are just going to happen. Yeah. And I have to prepare people for that. People are going to feel differently. And people also... They get a certain feeling when they see raw vegan or they see raw food just in general. There's a certain image that pops into people's heads. Really? What pops into your head? Salads. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. Carrot sticks and celery sticks, right? Exactly. Yeah. No, what, what, when I was first exposed to raw foods, this is way before I met mm -hmm. Rio. I was coaching this guy, he was in his 40s and uh, he was pretty athletic. And he would tell me things like, oh, I run five miles a day, and uh, I, I'm eating nothing but bean sprouts. I didn't even know what a bean sprout wow. was. And I pictured like a soda bottle with this little bean thing coming out of it. So people have a different perception of it. They have no idea what That's you're true. talking about. They might have no idea. They might think of carrots and celery sticks. Right. I mean, you'll yeah, keep the exactly. doctor away very well if all you eat is apples. <clears throat> Right. You never have to go see the doctor. I know, once. but it'd be pretty boring. It wouldn't and be boring. I don't think you'd stick to it. Either. I say just put peanut butter on the apple and then you'll be good. <laughs> but there comes a time when you've had enough peanut butter. I don't too. know about that. <laughs> you think there's a time where I could have enough peanut butter? Yeah. You sure? I think you have should, you seen me? I think you should uh, try raw peanut butter. Raw peanut butter? Yeah. Is it just peanuts? Yeah, just peanuts raw. No, I mean. Not roasted. I get that, but how do they make it into peanut butter? They just blend it? Yeah, they, they have special machines just like they have to make the regular peanut butter. Hmm. Or some or some people put it through the champion juicer. Or you could put it through the champion. It, with a little oil, yeah. add a little oil. Or yeah. You could Not a sponsor for this episode, though. No. But that's okay, get a champion juicer. <laughs> champion is a basic juicer. It's, yeah, it's really more good. than a juicer. It does, does a lot of it. It does a lot. Yeah. yeah, you guys do a lot. I always say that you guys should have a cooking show on Food Network, have yes, a raw, raw like cooking that. show. I know that's never going to be able to happen, because fuck the Food Network. I mean, it's actually had some great programs, but fuck them for not wanting any diversity or any changes. They might have a few people of color on. Not many. The majority are not. But they don't have any change in the food. They only have regular... Meat and potato. Well, they have a lot of food sponsors and a lot of junk food sponsors. Yep. 
I had a friend who tried to get a show on the TV Food Network for years. And one day, uh, one of the producers took her aside and said, look, we're never going to do it because they, they look at raw food as uh, a threat. Mm -hmm. yeah. Even if you just concentrate on the food, you know, because I, I told my friend, I said, uh, Deborah, why don't you just tell them, look, you just concentrate on the food. You won't say anything political about the food. Mm -hmm. Just concentrate on making the recipes. But no, they won't do it. Wow. That sucks. It does suck. That's ridiculous, because it could help so many people. It could. Like with the apricot kernels to cure cancer. Oh, yeah. So, I had um, an acquaintance. Um, his name was Jason Vale. Mm -hmm. And he had cancer when he was a teenager. And he went the conventional route, chemotherapy, and uh, supposedly healed his cancer. And then when he was 21, the cancer came back. He went chemotherapy again, went away for a couple of years, and then it came back. Mm -hmm. And so the third time around, he didn't want to, uh, he didn't want to go that route anymore. He, he had mm -hmm. enough. So he started doing research, and he discovered apricot kernels. Now, what are apricot kernels? Mm -hmm. In an apricot fruit, you know, a little apricot fruit, there is a pit inside. And if you take a hammer and hit that pit, Inside the pit is a little kernel, and it's kind of like a miniature almond, mm -hmm. and that is the apricot kernel, and it has vitamin B17 in it, which is specific for cancer. So um, he healed himself the third time around with the apricot kernels, Amazing. and then he was so thrilled about it yep. that he started telling people about it, and he started selling the kernels and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, then the FDA came down on him, and they mm. accused him of practicing medicine without a license. Mm. And he had to defend himself in court, and he lost, and he went to prison for five years. It's up. It really helps people. So, we've been going for about 42 <laughs> minutes now. Okay. And it's usually about how long my episodes are. Okay. So, and we could talk for hours on this. We I could. have so much. But... As we go around, that's, I think that's a great place to end. Yeah, but definitely. Answer, wait, wait, wait. Before we end, though, yes. what is something you're looking forward to? If anybody would like to go first. Well, I'm looking forward to finally having some kind of a hit record. Yeah. Do you want to sing for us real quick or no? No, no. 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 I, I like to sing go, with go music. To, go to Spotify. Yes. Yeah, and put in Rio uh, Blue Moods. That's one of our albums. Or the other one is Rio. A, uh, a, a real, real good, good thing. thing and it's R-H-I-O it's a That's great album name yeah. thank you yeah so I'm looking forward to that and I think what are you, what are you looking forward to me I'm looking forward for this whole C-19 thing to be over with and all the bullshit I'm hearing on radio and television to get over with and I'm looking forward to getting back to uh, not the well this is the new abnormal I'm looking forward to getting back to the old normal I don't know, the old normal was pretty fucked up. Well, yeah, but this is Not more. this fucked up. <laughs> no, but there's some things that if we can come out of this time with... Ah, oh, shit, my pen dropped. With a few new things, the definitely, I think it would help out a lot to yeah. learn some lessons. Well, if we could, but the lessons that we're learning, you know, I don't see how people are learning the lessons. Yeah. 
Are they what you're saying? I mean, no, I'm talking about more of their time getting more time to themselves because I hope people aren't wasting the time. A lot of people just watching stuff and not doing anything. Well, a lot of people are getting depressed and gaining yeah. weight. They're getting they're gaining weight and, and there's a lot of suicides happening, mm-hmm. which are not are there, being actually? talked about. Yes. I haven't heard. There's a lot of suicides. It's not being talked about. Well, yeah. But if you are... want real information, you have to start digging. Mm-hmm. You cannot turn on CBS, NBC, oh, no. and all. Never. You're not going to get You're never going to get information from there. Never. And what are you looking forward to? And I'm looking forward to sleep. I am tired. So, <laughs> okay. that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, so everybody listen oh, wait to... wait a minute. Then, uh, now that you're a radio pro, uh, what you want to do is tell everybody who you are, who we are, so they can tune in. Oh, I am Adam, the Reluctant Vegan Son. Follow me on Instagram, at Reluctant Vegan Son. Rio, thank you so much for being with me. Yeah, Please and, listen to her album. Right, and you can go to reosmusic.com. Reosmusic.com. Oh, and, and as website. far as the raw food, you can find me on hookedonraw.com. Hookedonraw.com. You have recipes on there? I do. I have a free ebook. Oh, that, wow. Uh, they, they can just register for my blog and get my free ebook. What's your, blog, what's your blog's name? What's my blog's name? Good question. <laughs> Did I name my blog? It's hooked on. It's the hooked on raw blog. But if they go to your website, there's a link. There's a link to the blog. Yes. Uh, and if they want to know more about me and Beso Entertainment, just go to besoentertainment.com. Yep. Well, thank you, Adam. You did a great job, by the way. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Hope you're safe, everybody. Bye.